The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. I want to welcome you today to the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is an outreach of Zion Primitive Baptist Church, which is located in the Zion community near Gordo, Alabama. I'm Elder Chris McCool, and I serve as pastor of Zion Primitive Baptist Church. We are a congregation of believers in the sovereign grace of God where families worship together through the simple practice of preaching, praying, and singing. If you live in this area or are visiting here, we would love to have you attend worship services with us. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. and every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. and the first and third Wednesday evenings at 6.30 p.m. I'm happy to note that our daily podcast is featured on Grace Alone Radio, which you can find at gracealoneradio.net. You can find the schedule on the website, and you can also download an app to your phone so that you can listen wherever you are. Grace Alone Radio is a 24-hour streaming service which carries the message of God's sovereign grace around the clock and around the world. Zion Primitive Baptist Church is located at 9487 County Road 49, Gordo, Alabama. That's near the intersection of County Road 49 and Alabama Highway 159, about eight miles north of Gordo, Alabama, and about 10 miles northeast of Reform, Alabama. If you're interested in finding more sermons, you can go to our website at zionpbc.com, that's z-i-o-n-p-b-c.com, where you'll find all of our posted sermons as well as a link to subscribe to our podcast. You can also subscribe to our website which will update you every time a new sermon is posted. In our series on the family, we are looking currently at the pattern that God set out for marriage. In God's eyes, marriage is between one man and one woman for life. And the primary relationship within the family is not parent-child, but husband-wife. If we will follow the biblical pattern for marriage, then our homes will be blessed with joy and peace. And more importantly than that, God will be honored because marriage is to be a reflection of Christ and His Church. We hope you'll stay tuned for the message, but first we have a song selection that we hope you enjoy.
But it means here when you leave your parents that no longer, for instance, are you dependent upon your parents' approval for everything that you do. No longer are you slavishly dependent upon them for support. It's okay to support your children, parents. It's okay for your parents to support you, married children. It's okay for them to help you out in, in ways. But, but it's not okay for you to be continued under their support and under, slavishly dependent upon them. And by the way, it also means you need to eliminate some bad attitudes toward your parents because this can be a way of clinging to them. Maybe you had problems growing up. Maybe you, had, you, you didn't have the best parents. You didn't have the best mother or best father. Uh, maybe, maybe there were some problems within your household. I've seen households, I've seen adults who came up in households with physical abuse. There was domestic violence between spouses. There was abuse of the children. You, you've got to eliminate those bad, and sometimes counseling is required to help you get over that. I understand that. I'm not discounting that as well. You should seek out a Christian counselor, but there's sometimes ways that that should be, uh, but there are ways you can deal with that, that counselors can help you. But my point is, is that bad attitudes towards your parents, I've seen those affect a marriage as well. Remember, as I said, husband and wife relationship must be the primary relationship. Now listen, you ought to be a good son or daughter. You ought to be a good mother or father. But children, what children need is parents who demonstrate love for each other. You know, my daddy's, for example, his belief was the best gift he could give us as children is to love our mother and to show that. And he did that. There's a book that I use often in counseling uh, in premarital counseling for those who are about to get married uh, by Wayne Mack called Strengthening Your Marriage. It's a good book. He has, he's off theologically. He's, he, he's, he's Armenian in his beliefs, but generally speaking and talking about families, he's pretty good. And I want to quote something from his book that he said. He said, children do not need indulgent parents who continually neglect each other. They need parents who will demonstrate how to face and solve problems and show them how to be good husbands and wives. Now listen, this applies no matter what your family situation is now. This applies if you're divorced. This applies if you're divorced and remarried. This, you know, blended families are not exceptions to this rule. Stepchildren need to see stepparents love their spouses. And parents, we need to remember that in regard to our adult children, we play a huge role in their, our adult children's success as well. Remember what I said earlier, our goal is to prepare our children to leave. Now again, that doesn't mean geographically. That doesn't mean that you can, you can, they can live with you. But as, as they become adults, we need to prepare them to be adults and to be able to deal with the world. And we need to prepare ourselves for that day as well. So if you have married children, as we do, then you need to encourage them to run their own households where the husband is the head of the family, the spiritual leader, and the wife is dependent upon him for counsel and advice and guidance. Now again, that doesn't mean you don't, I'm so thankful I had my daddy for so many years. I was, I forget how old I was, but he was 80 when he died in 2020, and I went to him for counsel every, just about every day. I'm so thankful for that. But I'm also thankful that he didn't try to run my household. Because you see, he knew that it was up to me and Sherry to make a go of it. 
and that he couldn't do it for us. So leaving is an important principle in the pattern for marriage. Okay? So what about cleaving? Let's, let's turn to that. He said, a man shall leave his father and his mother and cleave unto his wife. Well, we've already kind of touched on this, but I, I can't help but reemphasize it, that marriage is a commitment. It's not a temporary arrangement. It's not a matter of convenience. Young people want to try it out today. They want to live together for a while, or even they want to get married and say, we'll see how it works. If it doesn't work, you know, one of my favorite kids shows as the kids were coming up was Madagascar. You know, had the, the lion and all the, the animals from the New York Central Park Zoo. And they took a big trip. And anyway, they were these penguins. To make a long story short, there was a, there was a wedding. It was a weird wedding because the wife was a bobblehead doll, but that's another story altogether. So, but in this wedding uh, that they were conducting, the penguin was marrying this whatever it was. And, uh, and, and they said, as they do in weddings, they said, uh, do you take this woman for, uh, in sickness and in health for better, for worse? And the penguin pipes up and says, for better, please. <laughs> Isn't that what we like to do? We like to take it for better. I don't really want it for worse, right? <laughs> well, uh, that's a, that's, that was kind of a comical thing, but I'm afraid that's the way sometimes people are today. But marriage is not something that's here today and gone tomorrow. It doesn't depend on how the cards fall out. The word cling, uh, cleave means to cling in Hebrew. It means to keep close. And in modern Hebrew, this word is used uh, in the sense of sticking together. It's the noun. It yields, this is a verb, but it yields the noun form for glue, okay? For glue. Now, now what happens when you try to glue something together? You, you, you know, the first thing you do is you clean off both sides, right? You get rid of the grit. You get rid of the, anything in between it. And then you put it together and you glue it together, okay? Now, if there's a bunch of grit in between or there's two or three pieces of wood in between and you try to glue it together, it's not going to stick very well, right? Well, the point is, is that when a man leaves his father and his mother, he must glue himself together with his wife such that they will become one flesh that we're going to talk about in a moment, okay? If you end up having old friends that you, you know, I, look, it's nothing wrong with going out from time to time with your friends. It hadn't been too long ago that me and four or five of my buddies from high school went out to eat. Okay. That's okay. But when that becomes every week and every night, and that's the primary thing you're seeking, then there's a problem because your primary focus should be on your wife, husbands, or on your husbands if you're the wife, you see, because all of this stuff in between will keep you from cleaving unto your spouse. You, you have to cleave. That's why you have to leave your father and your mother, because if the parents are in between, you're going to have problems. You can't glue together like you should. And beloved, let me just say this. It's a matter of obedience. It's not a matter of feelings. I love my dear wife. I have feelings for her. My heart still jumps when I see her from time to time. But we don't always have the same feelings that we had on our wedding day. <laughs> now, I, let me just say it this way. <clears throat> I tend to, I tend to mostly have those feelings, but I know she doesn't always have those feelings for me because I don't always act in such a way that she ought to have those feelings for me. Now, I'm not dumb enough to talk about my wife in her not acting the right way, so I'm not going to go there. I'm just going to use me for an example, okay? 
But it does work both ways occasionally. But, but let, me, let me just, let me throw this in here. Truth matters, child of God. Okay? Truth matters. That's one thing I tried to preach on this weekend at the meeting, that truth matters. Jesus said that he is the way, the truth, and the life. It matters that we get things right, okay? When it comes to the gospel message, it matters that we get it right, okay? But it's more than just being right. If we get it right, it will help us in everyday life. So, for instance, if you believe that salvation is half God and half you, then when husbands, God says through Paul, you're to love your wife as Christ loved the church, then you're going to approach it from that standpoint. You're going to say, hey, I'll do my part, but she's got to do her part. Because see, that's the way God loved us, right? He loved us, but we got to do our part. But if you understand grace as it's taught in the scriptures, I believe we do here, then you'll understand that God loved his bride when she was yet unlovable. That he loved her when she didn't deserve it. That he loved her without condition, without any uh, requirement on her part that she do this in order for him to do that. And that brings a whole new perspective to our marriages, doesn't it, husbands? I'm getting way ahead of myself. Lord willing, I'm going to preach on the husbands, but I want to go ahead and throw that in there. It applies to wives as well, but especially to husbands, to love your wife as Christ loved the church. And that means there's no point where, well, the feelings have died, things have gone sour. She's not acting like she did when we were dating. She's not as uh, uh, fixing herself up the way she used to. And beloved, that doesn't matter because God loved us with an everlasting love and it was not conditional. He loved us when we were enemies. I've had people come to me and say, Preacher, my marriage is dead. It's falling apart. I don't love my wife anymore. She's become my enemy. What do I do? I say, love her anyway. How do I do that? Love her like you would an enemy. <laughs> you know, treat her right. How do you love an enemy? Does your heart go pitter-pat when you see your enemy? No. But you know what you do? You treat them right. You help them when they need help. You do what's necessary. You see... The gospel message matters even in our marriage, okay? Now, as we kind of bring this to a close, remember, as I said, that marriage is a covenant. It is a commitment. It is not based upon feeling. Malachi 2.14 calls the wife the wife of thy covenant. In Proverbs chapter 2, when, G, when uh, God is speaking about the strange woman which will disrupt your marriage, he talks about her forgetting the covenant of her God. I want to quote from Wayne Mack again, and I want to share this with you. And that's, We're talking about uh, both husband and wife here in that primary relationship. Listen to this. In the marriage, okay, the wife promises that she will be faithful even if the husband is afflicted with bulges, baldness, bunions, and bifocals. <laughs> even if he loses his health, his wealth, his job, his charm, even if someone more exciting comes along. The husband promises to be faithful even if the wife loses her beauty and appeal, even if she is not as neat and tidy or as submissive as he would like for her to be. Even if she does not satisfy his physical desires completely, even if she spends money foolishly or is a terrible cook. <laughs> you see, it's a matter of covenant, not fleeting fancy. See, remember God's blueprint. 
man's when, when Jesus talked about divorce, he said it's for the hardness of your heart that, I, that he gave you divorce. Man's hard heart is not a new thing. It's always been the problem. Now, I understand many, many, many marriages that I'm aware of that have broken up have not been broken up because of both parties. Some are, but it's usually one party that has hardened their heart and left, okay? But I've got good news for you. God can handle your hard heart. He can handle your hard heart. Even if there's something in your marriage that continues, it's like a thorn in the flesh that continues to, to, to bother you. You know, I used to tell, I told my children, and I've told others that, uh, that are considering marriage, you know, remember this. Before you get married, you know, it can be kind of, if there's something that your, your future spouse, your potential spouse is doing that gets under your skin, well, think about what happens when you get a little pebble in your, in your shoe, okay? You get a little pebble in your shoe and you walk around with it and that's fine, but finally you can get it out or you take your shoe off or whatever. But if you leave that pebble in there and you keep on and on and on and on, pretty soon it's going to wear a blister and the next thing you know you're going to have a bunion and before you know it you're going to be crippled. <laughs> so... My point is this, is if you've got something that your future spouse is, that, that is doing that gets under your skin, y'all need to deal with it before you marry. Because once you marry, you need to stay together and deal with it. You'll have to deal with it at that point. So now, in the time we have left, I want to talk a little bit more about cleaving and about this idea of marriage as a union, as a union. Remember what he said, they too shall be one flesh. Now, what does that mean to be one flesh? Well, at its most basic, it talks about, it's talking about the physical union between a man and a woman. 1 Corinthians 6, 16, in talking about fornication, says, What know ye not that he which is joined to an harlot is one body, for two, saith he, shall be one flesh. So, it, it's most basic, it's talking about that physical relationship between a husband and a wife, but it's not just talking about that. Remember that the physical relationship between a husband and wife is holy and good and appropriate. Remember what Hebrews 13, 4 said? The bed is undefiled within the bonds of, of, a, of, of the, the marriage relationship. Sometime when you get a chance, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and read the first 9 or 10 verses. It tells you some positive commandments concerning the marriage bed, okay? But it is more than the physical union, okay? The husband and wife share everything. They not only share their bodies, but their possessions, their ideas, their abilities, their problems, their sufferings, their failures, their successes. It's a total life experience. That's what marriage is supposed to be. As, again, quoting Wayne Mack, and I'm not quoting him as scripture, remember. Uh, he's, he's a man, but he's got some good thoughts about it. Again, quoting Mack, he says, marriage is a total commitment and a total sharing of the total person with another person until death. They share everything, including themselves. If you've ever been to a wedding that I've conducted, I don't think I've ever not said this at a wedding, especially when talking to the husband. I talk to the husband about the fact that he's to love his wife like Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Now listen to this. He gave himself for it. I said, I'm getting way ahead of myself about husbands because, Lord willing, we're going to deal with this. But husbands, we're to give ourselves. She, she doesn't, your wife doesn't need your stuff. Yes, you're supposed to be the one to take care of, you know, you're, you're supposed to take care of her. I get that. I understand that, that you're to provide for her. But 
She needs you, not just your stuff, you see. So early in our marriage, one of the things, I don't remember exactly how many years we've been married, but I was having a lot of stuff going on at work, a lot of troubles, a lot of stresses. And I would come home and I'd sit in my recliner and I remember Sherry at one point saying something to the effect of, you're just really checked out tonight, aren't you? And that kind of hit me hard because I was there, but I wasn't there, you see. Marriage is a total commitment. It has to do with giving yourself, husbands particularly, to your wives, but wives, it also applies to you. In Ecclesiastes chapter 7, or 4 rather, I want to turn there and we're going to try to wrap this up. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. Now, I've seen marriages where the husband or the wife wouldn't lift the other one up if they fell. That should not be the way it is. But woe to him that is alone when he falleth, for he hath not another to help him up. Again, if two lie together, then they have heat. But how can one be warm alone? And if one prevail against him, two shall withstand him. Now listen to this. And a threefold cord is not quickly broken. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. Now remember what I've just said. The husband and wife are a team, okay? And there are certain roles that husbands and wives feel that we'll get to, the Lord being our helper. We each must be as concerned with the other's needs as with our own, okay? The things that we do must be done with a view towards remembering the other's needs. And that one flesh has to be manifest in practical and tangible and demonstrable ways, time spent together. You know how you spell love? T-I-M-E. T-I-M-E. Time. That's how you spell love. Say, well, I've spent a little bit of quality time. Well, that's good. If that's all you got, give it. But you need to spend quantity time with your spouse and with your family, okay? Time spells love, okay? And by the way, let me just remind you of this too. Being one flesh does not mean uniformity in the way you think, okay? As I told you before, uh, I've said to Sherry, I said I realize one of the reasons God puts the priority on the marriage, the husband-wife relationship, is because when it comes right down to it, she's the only one I can really count on. I'm the only one she can really count on because we've been together so long we begin to think alike, but we don't think exactly alike, Okay? She's been kind to me from time to time. I've been kind to her from time to time. I have sat down and watched a Hallmark movie. I have with her. I have. Because I know she loves them. Some of them are okay. But she has sat down and watched Lord of the Rings with me. Now, I don't make her do that often because it's torture to her. <laughs> we don't see things eye to eye in every way, Okay. Uniformity, unity does not mean uniformity. We don't think about everything just alike. But the key is, even though, think about the body, okay? The body has different parts, and they perform different functions. The heart is not the liver. The hand is not the foot. So the point is, is that uniformity is not required, but unity is. But you want to know, you want to know the problem with marriage? <laughs> Let me, let me just say this as I, as I bring this to a close. There are two primary problems with marriage. You know what they are? The husband and the wife. That's the two problems in marriage. 
You take them out of the marriage, everything's okay. Somebody said one time that the old Baptist church would be just fine if it wasn't for its people. <laughs> if it wasn't for the people in it. And if you find a perfect church, don't join it because you'll mess it up, you see. Perfect church don't have anybody in it. <laughs> I say that facetiously. But uh, see, marriage is affected by the fall of Adam. It's still good for us even past the fall of Adam, but it's affected by the fall of Adam. Marriage is hindered by sin. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> And if you, if you, or you are married or have ever been married, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Problems arise and sin is a barrier. So look what he said here. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. Now what's he talking about? I thought there was two in a marriage. Well, if you want a godly marriage, there should be three in your marriage. The third one is God. Actually, the first one should be God. Okay. Remember last time we talked about that we talked about this, we talked about a triangle, a pyramid, okay? Think about a pyramid. The husband is at the base on one side, the wife on the base on the other side, God is at the top. And the closer each one of them gets to God, the closer they get to one another. See, that's that threefold cord. A twofold cord can be unraveled pretty easily, but a threefold cord is not quickly broken. God must be the center of our marriages because if he's not, then it's just another arrangement out there in the world. Now, let me close with this. You may have experienced problems in your marriage. Let me just say again, I don't care what your circumstance is. If you have a broken home or a broken marriage or a broken heart, from divorce or infidelity or whatever's happened, you bring all those pieces of your heart to the one whose body was broken for you. You bring those, that brokenness to him. He's the God of broken things. He is the God who binds up broken things. He's the God of the second and the third and the fifth and the 50th chance. You bring it to him. If you're contemplating marriage here this morning, then keep all these words and bind them in your heart. If you're in a godly marriage today, praise God for it, but protect it. Cleave unto your spouse. Love your wives as a commandment that requires action. It's nowhere mentioned of a feeling. You need to develop and cultivate your love. You know, love, the marriage relationship is not a diamond that you chip away at. It's a flower that you have to tend and nourish. And that threefold cord will serve you well through the entirety of your life. And by the way, no matter what your circumstance, the Lord Jesus Christ is your husband. The Lord Jesus Christ loves you with an everlasting love. And our marriages are supposed to ultimately reflect the relationship between Christ and his church. See, I say this all the time, but it's not about you. It's about how we reflect Christ. Thank you for joining us today on the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. I hope the message has been uplifting and beneficial to you and that the Lord will continue to bless you to grow in grace and knowledge of the truth. Join us again tomorrow for another message of God's sovereign grace. If you would like to subscribe to our website, please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the church at zionpbc1847 at gmail.com that's Z-I-O-N-P-B-C-1847 at gmail.com. Or you can email me directly at jchrismacool at gmail.com. That's the letter J-C-H-R-I-S-M-C-C-O-O-L at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening.
May the Lord bless you is my prayer. We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com.